Hi there. Welcome back to the silence of the construction worker. Here we are uh, at the end of 2023 and I have uh, three of my compatriots here that are friends of mine working to solve some of the problems that we've been talking about over this year on the podcast. Uh, we want to let you know what's going to happen in 2024 as we try and end this uh, human trafficking, this abuse of Hispanic workers this destruction of the construction market uh, for union construction and for general, even for non-union construction. The bid process has been a bit of a change for us since this system has come in of abuse of Hispanic workers and we are here to change it. So uh, I'd like each of my friends to introduce themselves and then we'll start talking about what we're going to do in 2024. Christine? Christine Byers, I'm business agent with the Carpenters, uh, Carpenters Union. Bukas Paquez, um, local organizer with OPCMI, local 22. Andre Rodriguez, uh, Alistair superintendent and journeyman carpenter. All of us have uh, experience in the construction world in Alberta, uh, all different aspects coming from each of us. And uh, we just kind of want to talk a little bit about what we've been doing. So Bukas, why don't you tell a little bit about what we've done in 2023 and some successes and what you'd like to see in 2024. Okay, so we're gonna start with all, we're exposing all these subcontractors, you know, like uh, where they're performing all this work with undocumented workers here and all these municipal projects and, and different cities here in Alberta. Uh, we also help, you know, a lot of undocumented workers, you know, to, to gather the right path so they can get the open permit workers and they can go work for the legit contractor. And another thing I would like to see for next year is Try to you know try to unite my community you know when I and Andres community try to unite so we can fight you know for our rights you know because enough is enough there had to be a point where you know these contractors or this small cell contractor they they have some kind of liability you know for what they're doing you know which is they're bringing this corruption from South America from Central America and this is the reason why our country you know it is how it is. And, you know, we have to immigrate here to looking for better lives. So next year, you know, I think we should be more like a hands tool and we go out there and we try to expose them. You know, since we already tried to reach the city, we tried to reach the contractors. And so far, everybody just looking the other side and they're not paying any attention on this. So and Andreas, we talked about that earlier. It's not the big contractors that are the problem. No, no, no. Are the subtrades. The subtrades. Subtrades. So how is it working? The thing is that, go, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I, how, is this, how, how do you see that subtrade system working? The, the, the thing is that it kind of has a lack of manpower. Uh, and the projects, they got to be done on time yeah. and on budget. Yeah. So the general contractors, they sometimes don't know what's going on in the field because they are worried about finances and logistics. But we as a field managers, we know that we have been working with the legal people because of the soup trades and the soup trades they don't have the manpower to, to, to commit to the deadlines. So because of our lack of communication and our nature that we bring from our countries, we start doing the same thing that we used to do in our countries here in Canada. So it's a huge opportunity for every single one of us, for the industry, to improve this. And how are we gonna do? Through Lucas, through you, through the carpenter unions, uh, to, 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 to create awareness of the situation that we have. 
I think that the top contractors gotta get together and start from the head going down. We have to meet with these owners, these cons, these general contractors, and tell them the situation that's going on in their own backyard. You're 100% right. We know that there's a lack of workers, but that does not mean that we can take away the safety. A lot of these workers are working with forged safety tickets. They don't speak English, but they've taken a course in English. How did they pass the test? So they don't have the proper training, which we can get them through any of our training centers. And we, we have all of our courses translated into Spanish. So that could be one way that we could help save someone. We have young people. I have I, we, one of our po podcasts, uh, he fell 25 feet. And because he was a subcontractor working for a, a big general contractor that all of you know, uh, he was pushed to the side. He's been stuck in a hotel since May, getting $300 a week and trying to live while his wife has a baby in November of this year. Uh, it, it's a tragedy. The safety is not good. They're not paying to any taxation. Uh, they're not getting paid their overtime. Their overtime is being held. There's, these are all problems because there's not someone protecting these workers. When the, when the concrete and carpentry and labor work on these mega in infrastructure projects were unionized, you didn't have this problem. The rebar is all unionized on these projects. You don't have any illegals tying rebar right now. Why? Because they have the union provides the workforce. They need to have a social insurance number. They need to have the proper fall protection, a CSTS, uh, aerial work platform training. They need to have gone through into the apprenticeship system or challenged the exam or been granted uh, journey person status by their employer in order that they can work legally and safely in this country. You're 100% right that the general contractors might not know this is going on, but I could name you every general contractor out there who has taken on a sub-trade, and you need to come to us and we need to talk about that to stop it. We're not trying to slow down your projects. What we're trying to do is protect the worker and protect the name of your company as well, because when this comes out, it's not going to look good on anyone, and so we're trying to help that. Christine, what are some of the projects that you would like to see and what have you seen out in the field? So um, you may have heard, but the, through our international, through United Brotherhood of Carpenters, we've had a campaign for quite a few years called um, Tax Fraud Days of Action. Uh, we're working on expanding that, which ties into what you were talking about. about the, it's all about the underground economy and exposing the underground economy because it's our taxpayers, it's everyday people who are paying for these projects. I, I mean, I would argue that a lot of these big contractors do know they're alluding that they don't know by hiring these sub-trades that are doing it so they can have it at arm's length from them. Uh, you know, we're working on uh, speaking with, uh, with labor, with speaking with um, all of the different government officials similar to you guys and partnering with you as well as doing those. Um, so in the new year, we're working on exposing again more of our contractors and larger projects like the LRT and, and projects like that where we know that this is going on. Um, we're going through the means to not embarrass our contractors, but make sure that taxpayers and our contractors are being held accountable for what's happening on their job sites. Perfect. Yeah, we walked up a bridge. You might have seen on one of our podcasts, if you go to Building Trades website, we walked up a bridge here in Edmonton with Kelly McCauley, a, a conservative MP, a good friend of the Building Trades, and Sarah Hamilton, who's a city councillor for Edmonton. And every worker we found on that site was illegal. Three of them working for $20 an hour cash and one as a subcontractor, but with no employees. Um, I ran, and that was on a site, uh, and I ran into that company at the Alberta Construction Safety Association. And I ran into their head of safety and I told him the situation. 
and his eyes were like saucers. And he said he was meeting with the CEO soon. Subsequently from that meeting, uh, one of the people from their company called us to talk about that subcontractor and was apologetic and they're gonna fix the issue. So this is just turning the spotlight onto a situation that's happening and we wanna give the benefit of the doubt to the contractors. I hear what you're saying. I, I, it would be hard for me to believe that they, not at least some of them know what's going on, but we still need those contractors to build our infrastructure. When I talked to uh, a counselor on the, on the city of Edmonton, they said the problem is there's four general contractors that bid everything and we know that all four of those have been taken by these subcontractors. It's not a good look and we want to fix it properly. We don't want to cause it become an enemy here. We want to be the solution to the problem. Lucas, what do you think? What can we do to be the solution? Well, I, I was thinking about that and I was, you know, like for me it's so amazing how like legit company, because in order for them to get the visa to come in here and work as a temporary form worker, one of the requirements, they have to have the knowledge of the experience of the minimum hours on that trade. The other one, they also have to be skilled in English. None of these guys speak English. So, the, to be honest, I, I don't want to point any fingers here, but I, I feel in like the only reason the general contractor, and I'm not talking about, you know, like all these big four, but also all these cities, you know, who's doing all these paving companies, they're using these Spanish people just as a cheap labor. That's what it is, Rob. You know, like if you want to put it that way, you know, like that's what it is because they don't offer them any any training. You yeah. know, like I talk to them, my job is to be out there most of the time, and, and I talk to all these guys, and a lot of these guys, they promise them one thing, they don't pay them what they promise them, or what is actually on the contract. So I think we should find the solution, you know, so we can work together. Because, you know, like as a union representative, you know, I have a lot of members who sitting here at home, and, and, and it's kind of frustrating. And Why are they sitting at home? Well, because they don't have uh, the same opportunity, you know, like because as a, as a, as a union employer, well, most of these contractors, they want you to go for END tests, your training, and then there's one thing. They want you to have your seal or your, um, your journeyman ticket, equivalence, yeah? Well, this is not what's going on on the field. Mm -hmm. On the field, most of these Spanish guys, they're working for $20 an hour, you know, but I don't see the contractor turning around and telling the general contractor and say, oh yeah, this guy, no, I cannot charge you this much. I'm just gonna charge you for $20 an hour because this is what I pay in them. You know, so they're creating this underground economy, mm -hmm. you know, and the, it doesn't stop there. You know, if you're thinking about most of these small subcontracts, what they're doing is, they say, oh, I see the opportunity to make money out of him and him and maybe bring more people make money out of them. So in this summer, you know, together with the 1325 and the bill trade, we exposed one of these guys. It was like 18 guys on the basement, you know, like I came from the true world country. No, even in my country, we live like that, you know. So it's unfortunate for all these guys. The only thing they want is one chance, one opportunity, so they can do better for their soul and for their kids. You know? And when and when Vukas talks about the eighteen in a basement, that's where they're living. They are living in quarters with not enough bathrooms, with not enough. It, it it's appalling the conditions that these people are living in. I know Andres that you talked about earlier uh, how you you address these foremen and these general foremen and say. What's going on? These guys are illegal. Like, what have you found when they when you tell them that? When they told them that we're, we're illegal, they just said that's not our business. It's the soup trade business. So I, I don't have anything to, to do with it. But I think that it's wrong because it's our name out there. 
is the general contractor. So if we as a general contractor start bringing the good subtrades that pay their dues, they train the people instead of half a project that is full of deficiencies, we're going to finish on time, on budget, we're going to make money from it, we're going to protect the people, uh, then we're going to build the economy that's supposed to be built. And so what we're what we want to do, and and it's a mixed group on here, uh, building trades, union organizers, and a company. You own your own company now. Yes, I. I, I doing surveying and, and yes. providing a service, so you're a sub trade, a mm -hmm. subcontractor to these general contractors. So we're not here trying to say that everyone has to unionize their companies. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is we have a lack of skilled workers, but we have a ton of workers here that are working right now un, un under the radar. We need to find a way, working with government, to help them to pick a trade that they can follow along with, make them legal, get them into our training centers and start pushing them in the right direction. We don't need as much immigration as what we're being told because they're here, they're just working for cash under the table. We need to take the people that are here, use regularization, lean on our friends in the government, on, on all sides of government, municipal, provincial, federal, all sides, we don't care, left or right. It doesn't matter to us right now. What we're trying to do is end this human trafficking, this abuse, these labor abuses, these hovels these people are living in, trying to eat, going to the food bank. It's a tragedy right now. And so we need to find ways to do this. Some of the ways we need to do it is we need to start bringing people together and talking about their rights, going to the labor board. Even if you're an undocumented worker, you have labor rights here in Canada, and we need to figure out ways to do that. So the Building Trades of Alberta is gonna be the host of some of these things. We're gonna bring the people here, we're gonna bring the Hispanic community into our building, and we're gonna to go to them, into their churches, into their communities, and start finding a way to fix this. In 2024, you're gonna see this front and center, and, it, and we're gonna do it in partnership with as many people as wanna partner with us. But we'll tell these subcontractors that are out there right now abusing their own Hispanic people, we're not gonna let this stand. This is not gonna continue. We have to fix it. So, does anybody else have any comments that you wanna I, I have one comment, you know, I know we focus on the Spanish because, you know, the majority of the abuse workers right now, they are Spanish, but we know how to forget about the, the Ukrainians. True. The Ukrainians, the Filipinos, the Somalians. It, it's so many people now that suffer this. And I get it for some people how they say, no, but this is business. Okay, so what happened to these people when they get hurt? This is my biggest concern. Everybody has a family to support, and everybody's, you know, like, they have somebody in home. So what happened to that person? I see myself, so many people from Mexico, they have to leave, and they go back to Mexico. Because you contact immigration, immigration say, oh no, you have to talk to temporary workers. You contact them, this passing to you. So it seems like it's, it's funny to me how you have all these, you know, like organizations, but nobody's doing anything. You it's know? a gong show. We have eight people that were fired from DCL that we have been trying and trying and trying to get. We filed TRPs. We filed work permits. I just got a notice one of them was rejected. I reached out to Christian, uh, Deputy Minister of Immigration, uh, Christian Fox, just today. We have gone through months of Randy Boissano and working with all of these different politicians. And it seems like as soon as you get to the immigration policies 
they go in a thousand directions. Yeah. And it must be so impossible for people with English as a second language. Well, imagine if you don't speak English, you oh. know? Like, where are you going to go? Who are you going to cry for? You're thankful that you have something. Yeah. You're thankful that you're making $100 or $50, or $50 a day, you know? Because you still have to pay rent. So all this is not only creating, you know, this underground economy, but also this opportunity for all these people to abuse them. Because now you have organization where they're here, they're supposed to be helping the undocumented workers. I contact them. You know what they tell me? Oh, we don't want to work with you guys. So, but they get money from the government. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, so everybody's making money out of these guys, you know? So for me, I said, you know, like to every Spanish guy, they are working in this situation right now. You know what? Maybe you feel like you don't have any opportunity. Maybe you feel like you don't have any power, but you know what? No, you can also, you can also fall under this vulnerable worker category and you can also point to your employer and say, Hey, listen, man, we have to talk. We have to make more money. I need to negotiate better, you know, because this is Canada. It's not a, you know, true world country. So they have a lot, but if you no fight for them, then, you know, you and you own. Contact us. Come to through the billing trades. Talk to Vukas. Talk to Marco. Talk to our different organizers out there. Come to us and let us know what's going on with you and let us try and help you. We are working this system as best we can to try and find a way for the workers to be here. What's a message that we can give to the contractors? The message is that the contractor got to hire local legal guys or give them the opportunity with the work visa that, that with the with the no work visa, what's the other visa? The, oh, the tourist, the, no, the, the tourist visa, okay, yeah. and I start giving them the freedom to become legal to these guys. Yeah, because 35% of the manpower is, la- is from Latin America. 85% of the manpower illegal is from Latin America. So it's not a lack of manpower, it's a lack of opportunity for the contractors to save money. They rather save money instead of save lives. Because those contractors could take every illegal on their crew and give them work permits right now right for away. a little bit of money. Right That's away. right. It's yeah. disgusting. And the reason that they don't is exactly what you said, to save money. Yeah. It's all about the money. Yeah, 18 years ago, I came here deaf and mute. And 18 years ago, after the process that I have done, I get the opportunity to meet you, to meet Lucas, and to meet you, to create something big from this. Awesome. Glad you're here. It's going to be a fun year. 2024 is going to be a great year. Any final words from anybody? I just wanted to add to what Lucas was saying and, and Andreas as well, is by uplifting any community that's being under, um, that's underprivileged, the vulnerable communities that we have, it actually uplifts the entire skilled trades. We know we have a skilled trade shortage. Um, I know from my experience, just being a woman in the trades and, and moving through, that when you have a higher percentage of different uh, minority groups on a job site, the entire job site runs better. It's more uh, acknowledging of those changes, those differences. So we need to get equity, diversity, inclusion on all of our job sites, but also educating our members, educating our contractors that this is benefiting everybody. You know, getting rid of the underground economy and making sure that everybody is safe on a job site. We, We already know from a lot of the stats we've looked at that our job sites that have higher percentages of illegals on the job sites are not safer sites. We, um, we want to make sure that those vulnerable communities are being taken care of, are getting the training that they need, are getting any help that we can help uh, provide them with in order to bring more skilled trades um, and get them trained. Thank you. Lucas? 
No, I just want to thank you and the Build Australia for this opportunity and, you know, Andres, Christine here for teeing up, you know, and trying to fight for this guy. And hopefully, you know, everybody stand up for the rise. And remember, you know, like, if you don't appreciate your skill, nobody else is going to do it. No, I, uh, I think that big things happen for a reason. Thanks for the opportunity, Rob. Thank you very much. Everyone, 2024 is going to be an exciting year for the building trades. Uh, we appreciate all of our partners. There's many more out there. I thank you all for being our partners. We are going to put an end to this one way or another. We are not going to become the United States. We are going to keep construction as a good middle class job. We're going to remain proud of our trades. We are not going to water down our trades and have jack of all trades. We are all going to be tradespeople fulfilling what we all want to do. And that is to have a good life, to have a pension, to have benefits, to have an opportunity for our children to follow us into the trade and be proud of us, to tell our sons and daughters, mommy built that, daddy built that. This is part of our heritage, what we've left for Canada. And we want the same opportunity for all groups coming to Canada. Thank you very much. Happy New Year. And we'll talk to you in 2024.